everyone, Cream right here. Today we have Mr. Peter Trevisani, who is the owner of New Mexico United. New Mexico United is an American professional soccer team based in Albuquerque, New Mexico, founded in 2018. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. The team currently plays in the USO Championship um, in the second division of America's soccer. Mr. Peter, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Cream, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And yeah, we're right out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. So a lot of vowels. Trevisani and Albuquerque, you got them all. Yeah, I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> um, so how did you get involved into the beautiful game? Boy, you know, it's it's a long story. You know, I, I grew up playing American football, so I'm not a soccer uh, player or even fan by trade. Uh, but I... I uh, when I lived in London for a few years in my 20s, I was able to really uh, grow a, a strong appreciation for soccer and uh, what a fun game it, it, uh, it is. And also, I think more importantly, the since soccer's played all over the world, what, what an incredible power it has to really bring people together, uh, no matter what your background, no matter you know what you look like, what God you pray to, what language you speak. So you know, when I was looking to build something in New Mexico that was community-based, soccer was an obvious choice. Got it. Yeah. And I recently watched uh, one of your interviews where you guys were talking about building the new stadium um, that you guys got coming out. Um, you're really, you really talk about the community a lot. Why is the community so important? Well, you know, New Mexico, uh, first of all, I love New Mexico. It's my home. I've been here 22 years, raised a family here. And don't plan on going anywhere. So, uh, and for me, you know, community is really important because that's what really differentiates one place from another. Otherwise it's the sun and the mountains and the water. I mean, it's all the same. And so when I, as that being something that's important to me personally, combined with the fact that in New Mexico, you know, while there's a lot of beauty here, uh, there's also a lot of challenges here. And Oftentimes, New Mexico finds itself uh, on the bottom of the good list and the top of the bad. That's a very common thing to say here. And I, and I think me and many people here, not just myself, this is not my idea, but uh, I, I subscribe to the camp that we can continue to improve. We can always be better. And the best way to do that is through our people, which is our strongest asset, and to, to bond together and trust one another. And we can do that. I think we can make real positive change in a way that's authentic for our community. So. So community is uh, this is where this is where I want to be and and uh, would love to see it be as strong as it can be. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's one of the differentiators that I've noticed. I haven't done too much digging into the other owners, but I see that you're really involved, um, you know, with New, New Mexico. Um, and it's really nice to see an owner be a part of the community. So I think that's really cool. With saying that, what year did the conversation start of, you know, we want to bring a USL championship team to New Mexico? Yeah, it's probably about a year before we actually launched the team. So about 2018, uh, the idea you know germinated and, and got some legs. And for me, if it was just going to be a soccer team, I wasn't that interested in it. You know, I've many ways I've, I've grown less interested in sport as I've gotten older, as opposed to more. I've gravitated towards things like art. I've gravitated towards you know, um, community, um, other aspects of actually. Integrating with other people and learning new skills, and so, but the idea was that what if we were to build a soccer team that really wasn't about soccer at all? What if soccer was just a platform 
uh, was really just the vehicle we used to be an agent of positive change and to and uh, to be a rally point where we could bring you know fifteen thousand people together and celebrate the beauty uh, the beauty the 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 beauty that we have in this state um, the physical beauty but more importantly the emotional beauty we have understood. And, you know, you guys just had got a new sponsorship. Um, it was an art sponsorship, if I'm correct, uh, art company. Did you want to share a little bit about that? Because I think that's very unique and different. It's not something I've seen before. I, again, I haven't seen everything, but from what I've seen. Yeah, it's not every day that a professional sports team collaborate. You know, they're in front of the Jersey sponsors and art collective. Um, you know, Meow Wolf uh, is the name of the art collective. It's a group out of Santa Fe, and they had a dream of of being uh, of taking of not only creating art but making it relevant in a way that could be digested in in, a, in an art world that's generally skewed towards the galleries. It's a very closed market. It, you know, think about art galleries. Kind of remind me of the record companies before Spotify and, and Apple Music, where you know, it was very hard to consume, very difficult to consume art and buy art unless you went through uh, a certain mechanism and a certain gallery or a museum. And so a couple of people really controlled the content. And I think the Wolf has really blown the doors off of that. And, and this is a group that said, hey, you know, instead of creating art that you may want to sell to someone from Dallas, we're going to create art that resonates with people of our own age and might be something that you crawl through or that you touch. Um, and, and so when, you know, Meow Wolf really brought this, that invitation out that, you know, if, if, uh, if Meow Wolf can make art, you know, different than it's supposed to be, then maybe New Mexico United can make soccer different than it's supposed to be. And, and when I say different, really what I mean is more than, you know, more than just art, more than just soccer. And so that was really the inspiration that got us to think, well, what can we do just besides kick a ball for 90 minutes once a week? What else can we do at this platform to make it more than people imagine it to be? And that's been what we've been on a quest for and fight to do every day. Understood. If you don't mind me asking, was you know that sponsorship, that front jersey sponsorship, were the dollar the dollar amount negotiated, was it important to you or was it more just so the, the, the sponsorship that you were getting with the art company? I mean, the dollars are important, but we really didn't get any for, for it. So, wow. um, yeah, we decided to, uh, which, you know, was a, a point of contention because we do have to run a, a business that brings in enough money. But especially in year one, I thought it was, we all thought it was really critical that the front of the jersey not only, ex, you know, represents a sponsor, represents ourselves. And it sets the tone for who we are, what we're about. And when you come out with a sponsor like Meow Wolf on the front of your jersey, you're saying that, hey, we're not just about big corporate dollars. We're not just about doing what everybody else. We're actually reimagining this and and exploring new new frontiers. And uh, I think you've seen some other good creative front of jersey sponsorships. I think it's emboldened and embraced other teams to challenge um, that norm. And and when I see that, that's fantastic because that's that's how we make real change. Yeah. For sure. I think it's very cool to give them that opportunity to, you know, advertise the company in front too. That's really cool. Um, how has your background in finance helped you uh, build up New Mexico? 
I mean, a background in finance is always great because the the number aspects of this business come easy to me. Uh, the other, but the, the the flip side of that is that if you're too number oriented, you oftentimes can you know let get paralyzed by the analysis. And uh, so, while it was important to understand the numbers and to feel like, hey, here's what we need to be doing to hit A, B, and C, we didn't want the numbers to actually dominate to the point that. We were only going to, we were going to use that for decision making uh, purposes solely. So, you know, I think that that uh, not only has it allowed me to understand uh, the numbers that go into the, uh, this team. You know, I always joke that a sports team is the simplest and most complicated business you could ever run. It it's simple in terms of oh, we have, you know we sell tickets and we have corporate sponsorship and we have merchandise and we maybe do a few camps. Or we have a media deal. Um, what's so hard about that, but each one of those pieces is extremely complicated and nuanced, which also means there's opportunity, um, uh, to, to really excel, uh, and you, you know, through, through creativity. So that's how I mean, then the second place finances really helped me is corporate structure. You know, when you look about how do you want to structure a company, how do you think about equity and debt? Uh, how do you think about optionality? Those are areas that, um, I have a lot of experience in, and I think, you know, for the most part, I've been able to apply those into the, you know, into the cap table and certainly will as we grow our brand. Understood. Um, you men mentioned structure. That, that's one of the questions that I have on here. Um, how did you go about setting up the structure of the company? Um, you know, I think structurally, I did. There, there was a few different structures we thought about, but at the end of the day, I always feel like one: keep it simple. Um, it's always nice to imagine derivatives and options and knock-ins and knockouts and all this exotic stuff. At the end of the day, let's keep it really simple. So let's just create an entity. Let's get like-minded ownership that really is here for the right reasons. Yes, we want to run a, a profitable business, but more importantly, we want to be a catalyst and an agent of positive change for our community. So finding owners that either uh, are were born and raised in New Mexico or have strong ties to New Mexico, like myself, and we were able to put together about a half a dozen of us, and really um, a lot of uh, communication on what we're going to be doing, how we're going to be doing it. We we certainly had numbers that we could share. Some owners wanted to share those numbers, others didn't, and um, you know. For me, not you know, being the majority owner and the lead investor, I think it just helped that I was also one writing the biggest check uh, in terms of making it easier for those to go behind me, as opposed to if I was just trying to put a team together by myself and have you know ninety nine or one hundred percent of the money come from other people, then then it's probably even a, a steeper a steeper climb. Understood. So the process of joining USL is probably a little probably a little bit different i'm assuming um but what was the process like back in 2018 would you be able to walk us through the step-by-step -step process and um also what license were needed to make this project come yeah well first of all we're a brand new franchise we needed to purchase uh, a license from the league so that that entailed a negotiation with the league which you know involved many uh layers i would say there was a dual you know mutual dual due diligence um, they were obviously curious about us as an ownership group. We were curious about them as a league. So spending time getting to know each other and, um, and doing that due diligence, uh, 
at some point, you know, there's a go, no go decision. Um, from the league's perspective, they had certain things that they need boxes. They needed to see checked. And from my perspective, the same thing, I knew that we wouldn't have all the details, uh, firmly ironed out on, it was, was not going to be perfect, but there were a couple of things that we really, really needed to have to otherwise, you know, in order to make a go or no go decision, you know, one was a place to play. And so while we're playing in a baseball stadium right now, uh, and we're, we are actively trying to, you know, change that. It was critical that we played in the best stadium that we had in New Mexico. So everybody understood that this was pro. Um, on the practice side, we needed a, a, a field, which we had, and then it got taken away from us about two weeks after we started. So had to, you know, pivot and deal with that. Um, and then after that, really, I didn't need a lot of boxes checked. I figured we will just figure it out as we go, which is which is what we did. Understood. How how long was the process between building that or, you know, doing your due diligence on USL, building that relationship with USL before, you know, making a decision of, yes, we want to go ahead with joining USL? I mean, I think it was a, a solid six months. You know, I went, I went out and saw, I went to an FC Cincinnati game there uh their last year in the usl or second to last year in the usl rather um so i got to see the level of play i was really impressed so i was like wow okay the the level of play is really high uh this is not semi-pro or you know is it premier league no is it as good as the mls no do we have a lot of players that could play in the mls absolutely um and even once in a while someone from the premier league ends up with us either on the way up or the way down so the level of play was really high. So I like that. I talked to some other owners. What's your experience been? How are you guys thinking about this? What were your expectations? And um, yeah, so I'd say it took about six months to really get comfortable. But while we were doing the due diligence, I just remember every day getting more and more excited and starting to kind of manifest and envision what this could look like uh, and, and making that come true. And, and, you know, because, uh, we only had till March 2019 to get started. Got it. Um, so you guys are in the USO Championship League. Why USO Championship over USO One? Well, USO One didn't exist uh, when we launched. There was just Championship. Got it. Okay. Um, and you know, now, well, I guess it's maybe a weird question, but looking at USO One now. You know, let's just say if let's rewind time, if you had the option to go USL one or USL championship, would you still choose USL championship or would you go into USL one? Yeah, I think for us, championship is absolutely the place to be. We want to compete on the highest level possible. Uh, Winning is important to us. And we want to challenge ourselves both as a team on the field, but also from a, a front office and from a technical perspective. So, you know, I think the, uh, the championship has a lot of large cities in it. You know, we're playing teams from Phoenix, San Diego, Oakland, uh, you know, from Colorado Springs and El Paso and Las Vegas and New York. So when you really look at the, you know, and not all those teams are going to have an MLS team. There's just not. And so what you're, what you're seeing in American soccer is this fragmentation, which you don't get in any other major sports like the NFL or NBA, where basically most people either support their local club, like New Mexico United, um, and in addition to that, they have one 
top, top level tier team that they support. Maybe it's a Premier League, maybe it's La Liga, maybe it's Bundesliga. Uh, but, you know, that that's pretty typical. Um, whereas in the NBA, you don't like support the Boston Celtics and the Barcelona Dragons, right? You, you sort of just you support the, and you know, if you live in Maine, you're not getting an NBA team, so you find one. But but in soccer, what we what we see is that every local community can have a soccer team. It's just what level do they want to play at? And uh, and so I love it. I think that New Mexico United has a tremendous amount of growth ahead, and the USL has a tremendous amount of growth ahead. Absolutely. Um, this question is, um, I'm still learning about money and understanding it, the different um, entities that it comes from or, you know, VC capital, um, venture capital, angel investors, all these different things, private, um, private capital. How did you fund this investment? We um, did it privately, so we had individuals who supported it. Understood. And, you know, just like for myself and the viewers, like when you say, you know, it's like privately funded, you know, what does that, I know it, like the words in there, private funded, but like, how does it work? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think you alluded to a lot of different things, venture capital funds. When you're, in, when you're, get, when you're getting money from a fund, uh, or private equity, uh, that's a very different process because the decision makers, it's not their money personally. They're just custodians and stewards of the money. They're trying to invest the money and they're seeking certain uh, rates of return. When you're looking at a private investor group, the needs um, and the North Star may or may not be profits. I mean, certainly it could be but it also could be other things that, hey, this is going to be good for our community. Hey, this is going to be a catalyst for jumpstarting downtown or something of that nature. And when you have people who are, you know, looking to set to solve a higher cause or a higher problem, then then I think private equity is the way to go. Understood. I was going to ask if you have um, any capital raising advice uh, for myself and for the viewers. Um, depends what you want to raise capital for. I mean, I think that uh, raising capital is extremely difficult, but it's also very possible. So understanding why you're raising money, you know, what the money is going to go to. Like, so, you know, what is it, you know, if you have a business, let's say, can I bootstrap it? What if I was just to take a little bit of money and sell, make, make and sell something, and then I'd get some more money back and you know bootstrap it like that? I think that that's that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is that, um, in addition to understanding, you know, how much money you might need, you know, what are you going to be spending it on, and then most importantly, what's the return going to be to an investor? So. Hey, we think that in 25 years, New Mexico United will be worth a billion dollars. And here are the reasons why. Uh, you have to take some along on that journey. And so I think, you know, not, not uh, over, you know, boy, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but sometimes there's a tendency to focus so much on the financial numbers, you lose sight of the, of the emotional why. And you need the emotional connection. People have to resonate. And it has to be important. Otherwise, I could just buy Apple stock or, or something or a CD. I don't need to you know, take a risk with you. So you build that emotional connection 
without, you know, really turning them off uh, with too many uh, hurdles. And if you're honest about it and you've got a good process and a good product or service, it's, it's very possible. Yeah. No, that's a really good point with the, the emotional side of things. That's, you know, something I always try to uh, keep in mind. Um, yes. No, it's very true. Um, so the new stadium that you guys have coming out soon, um, what's the time frame for it? And, you know, what's been the experience trying to get a, a new stadium? Yeah, it's um, we're still working on it and nothing, you know, we're, we're going to lead it privately, but nothing set. So we got a lot of work to do. We have to we think we're going to be finalizing a site here shortly. Once we finalize the site, we need to kind of go back to debt and equity partners and and also the, the state and the to the public just to see how we can put all these pieces together. But what we do know is we're going to own it privately. It's going to be led privately. And and. Um, and we, we, I'd love it to be done with all all people from New Mexico, and that that's the goal. And when you say all people from New Mexico, like crowdfunding as well, or possibly, you know, the only the only thing about crowdfunding is I just I want to make sure that we're it's all worth it, you know. So if we did a big crowdfund, if we're doing a a fifty million dollar project and we do crowdfunding for one hundred fifty thousand, which is great. Does it make sense to do all that work and keep track of the holders and this, that, and the other thing? Um, or do we just keep it a little more institutional? Uh, I'm still debating, and I'd love to figure out a way to get some ownership to people in the community that feel so compelled with this organization. Uh, it would be you know, a re you know, really great way to really just uh, know that we built something that was for New Mexico United. And if we can do that, I think that... Uh, you know, I think you'll see us do it. Got it. What are three challenges that you're currently facing to to bring the stadium to life? Three challenges. One, not sleeping enough. So uh, it's on my mind a lot. So that, that gets a little, that gets, uh, um, I think, you know, whenever you're dealing with someone other than yourself, you have to, you have multiple opinions and oftentimes you have to compromise. And so, trying to figure out where we can compromise and where we can't. And when we can't trying to explain that in a way that others understand. And, and so, you know, those are all lessons learned. Understood. Do you have one more, a third one? Oh, I thought that was three. Um, Maybe I miscounted. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think that's it for now. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, I'm not the city being involved, the state being involved. I'm not too sure how involved politicians are in New Mexico, but, you know, what I'm trying to ask here is um, how hard, like, has it been hard or has it been a smooth um, interaction with you know, politicians in the city and the state um, in regards to getting them involved in supporting the project? Yeah, I mean, if you want to do something that involves the public, then you have to expect uh, a level of accountability that goes way beyond what you would what you would have to face in a private enterprise. So when you're using public money, you know, there's now you're in the pop, pop political landscape. So now you're talking about Scrutiny is this the best use of the public funds? Why are we doing using this money for this venture? Why are we supporting a 
a private person with public money? And so those are all legitimate questions and need to be addressed. And so I think what ends up happening for us, or at least happened for us, we spent all this time trying to work on you know message points and communicating clearly with the community uh, that we weren't able to really think about, you know, hey, where does the stadium go? What would it look like? And and uh, what we also found is once there's a little bit of headwinds in the public domain, a lot of the main politicians tend to take a step back. And uh, and when that happens, you know, now all of a sudden you're it, it's very lonely and uh, you don't have a, a lot of places to take it. Got it. How important is it for, you know, for the ownership to be from the state that they're from to in order to bring a team? Would you say it's very important or not so much? It's different in every market. I think in New Mexico is really important because we've had uh, there's been so many cases where people have given up on New Mexico. And what we were saying is we're leaning in uh, to New Mexico that we dare to be to dare to do something that hasn't been done. And uh, we're not going to stop until we succeed. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then just, you know, pivoting here the last 10 minutes, this is Zoom trying to kick us off. I don't have a plan with Zoom yet. But uh, okay. last 10 minutes. Um, how did you go about, you know, building your team? The actual physical roster? Uh, no, uh, no, just uh, the front office. Yeah, I mean, just one at a time. Uh, you know, uh, we had two or three people who were really focused, uh, loved soccer, wanted to be a part of it. Ron Patel, who, you know, is our chief business officer, uh, is one. Lucas Cash is a, a school teacher. He quit. And because uh, he would love soccer and he wanted to give it a go. And then, um, you know, a few others. So just building it one of it at a time. And then you realize as you're getting into it where your gaps are and what you need to backfill for people wise. So so I would you know, I just say, hey, start small and then build it up from there. Understood. I'd assume that you've been in uh, business for a long time now. Um, how do you manage all these different things in your life? Um, I just try to be intentional about what I'm doing and only really engage in, in things that really inspire me in one way or the other. And, and really, uh, when it, if it just comes down to dollars and cents in return, I usually just say no. Um, and, and, uh, I think they all, everything I'm doing complements one another and they're all heart forward projects. They're all community based and while they have different, you know, uh, balance sheets and income statements. I think they 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 all inspire me. Uh, and as long as I'm feeling inspired, I want to be engaged and involved. Got it. Awesome. All right. Um, coming towards the end, last five questions. But I wanted to ask: Did you? Was there anything like I missed or that? Um, no, it was a good cream. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So just five fun speed questions. Who's your favorite team uh, in the U.S.? In soccer or general? Um, no, in, in the U.S. Oh, you're going to say New Mexico. <laughs> Maybe I should uh, ask. No, I, I mean, I still love I love the New England Patriots for my NFL team and obviously New Mexico United for uh, USL. I don't really have a favorite uh, MLS team. I do love what Portland's done, and uh, but also LAFC, Atlanta United. I mean, they're all great, great organizations. Got it. Um, Favorite European soccer team or football team? Uh, my favorite European team would be 
whoever the underdog is in the Premier League. I love watching upsets. But uh, Liverpool was a team I watched back in the '90s uh, when they weren't at the top of the table. And um, and so if I got to watch, if I'm going to watch one, it's them. Got it. Do you have a favorite soccer player? Or I know I know you you like football, but what about soccer? Uh, right now, you know, Chris, I love Chris Weehan on our team and uh, some of the, some of the, like Devin Sandoval, some of the players that have played in New Mexico and came back to, to show off their pride. And so I have a lot of respect for those guys. Nice. Favorite food? Oh, all of them. Whatever I'm in the mood for. I wouldn't, I, uh, I think, oof. I mean, I love a good steak. I love a piece of pizza. I, I like to work out, so I really don't watch what I eat too, too much. Got it. And the last one, who's your favorite artist musically? Musically, well, that also fluctuates. I just went to a great Duckworth concert at the Owl Wolf. Uh, yesterday, he was, the energy he brought was phenomenal. So if you uh, know Duckworth, you get that. If you don't, uh, I'm sure he's going to be playing at a small venue near you, and you should definitely check him and his band out. Nice. Well, Mr. Peter, um, it was an honor to have you on. Uh, before, Thank you. I want to thank you for joining us on the One Soccer Nation podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. I'll, I'll see you next time.